Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and a radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes, don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. Just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over, you won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today. Welcome to the Job Interview Experience. I'm a former executive recruiter, search firm owner, director of talent acquisition, today the founder of Candidate Club Interview Prep, and your host of the Job Interview Experience. Joining us today is Matt Stewart. Matt is the CEO and co-founder of National Service Group, which helps prepare young people for fulfilling careers. He started College Works Painting in 1996 and grew it to a $150 million company. Matt is going to discuss entrepreneurship, how he helps young people in their careers, and career strategies that you won't learn in school. Matt, welcome to the job interview experience. Well, thank you very much for having me. Our first question is all about you, and it's about you outside of work. So when you're not busy with work, you're not doing all that stuff, how do you like to spend your free time? Well, first of all, I do have to uh, give credit where credit's due. I have three partners. And our, our collective business, we actually have three different brands. So I wish the CollegeWorks brand was $150 million, but that's the combined revenue of all our companies. And uh, what I do is I uh, mountain bike four days a week, sometimes five days a week. Um, I have no upper body ability because my shoulders are blown. <laughs> so that's my exercise now. And then uh, I spend a lot of time with my wife and my as much time as I can with my children who are uh, 20 and 17 and want to hang out with their friends more than me. And then I help my uh, friends' kids and my kids' friends get into college and figure out their careers through a little system that I have that developed over the years with the College Works company. Very kind of you to give credit where credit is due. I would, if I were you, I'd do no such thing. So, uh, well, I, I am an <laughs> entrepreneur, so you. I do like, I leave the co of the co CEO out because it's confusing and it also boosts my entrepreneurial arrogance. Exactly. We, we all need a little boost every once in a while. Could you yeah. tell us about your career journey? Um, kind of if we, if we rewind a little bit, what led you to where you are today? Uh, well, I, I went to college in Santa Barbara and I came from New Mexico and in New Mexico, I didn't have a whole lot of exposure to different careers. And I don't know if it was the situation I was living in or if it was just the town I was living in, but it's much different Albuquerque, New Mexico to Laguna Beach, California. Mm -hmm as far as the people that were there and what they were doing. So I wanted to be a lawyer. And what I found is 
people in their 20s don't really know of a great number of careers. They know what's on TV. They know what their parents do. They usually don't even know what their friends' parents do. So they have a limited understanding of what's out there. I wanted to be a lawyer because I didn't know what was out there. And uh, the company that you know we restarted uh, was in existence, and I did an internship for this student painting company, and I found business. So I gave up the 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 pursuit of law. I didn't really love school. I'm not an exact person. I'm not a perfectionist. I didn't understand what it meant to be a lawyer. And it's not sitting there arguing cases all the time. It's it's being exact and um, purposeful, and I'm the exact opposite of that. So I did the business thing, and uh, I did an internship, and I learned how to market, sell, hire, fire, manage. I was horrible at everything. And then I figured it out over the course of just one summer, and the business fell apart that year. So my buddies and I restarted it, two guys first, and then I came in with another guy afterwards. Can you tell us more about what you're doing today? Sure. So we started that company when I was when we were, when we were coming out of college many years ago, and uh, through that business, we've met a lot of great people. Our company, College Works Painting, teaches college kids to run businesses. And then they go off and do other things. And I was listening to your podcast and you were saying, hey, the success stories, they don't hear me talking about them on the podcast because once they've achieved their success, they stop listening to the podcast. So you have kind of a stepping stone podcast. And I know you've got lots of downloads. So there's a big need. We have a stepping stone company and we would interview, I don't know, 50,000 people a year at one point in time and hire these college students. And then they run these businesses for the summer, for a couple summers, and they and they make a lot of cash, but the cash, you know, usually is comes and goes. Mm-hmm. The training doesn't, and so you talk about uh, in some of your podcasts doing the research and the pre work before you go in to do an interview. Our internship was the pre work before you went on to life because not many people had you know run a hundred thousand dollar company, had six employees, had I don't know thirty clients. Um, got kicked off a client's job site and then got themselves back on. We're told no a hundred times. So that, uh, that experience helps them. They want to become engineers if they want to become doctors. So we had that business going for a while and we had some people that wanted to start other businesses with us and want to start other businesses. We said, Hey, why not with us? So we have a, a construction company across the United States now. And then we have another home improvement business and all of our businesses have been started with people that were one-time interns with us in the College Works brand. Most of them go off and do other things and start their own companies or work in other companies, but a few of them we stuck around with. So I still do that. I've got three partners. We run three different businesses and a real estate investment company. And then, like I said, on the side, I was chairman of a school board and chairman of the entrepreneurs organization and you know, chairman of a lot of things that help people find their passion and their futures. So if we if we create an example person, and since your name is Matt, mine is Matthew, I think we'll call this person Matthias and say, <laughs> say so this is one of your uh, trainees, right? Clients or whatever you call them. Uh, you know, what, what's, if we kind of average, if we make an average person, what are they typically lacking when they get started with you? What are they typically doing while they're with you? And then at the outcome, at the end, you know, how are they different? How What's changed them and made them more prepared for the business world uh, through your training? Well, they're they're typically lacking real world experience at a high level. 
So uh, we have a survey that we do before we interview people. Have you worked three years or more? Have you worked 30 hours or more? Did you play varsity sports? Uh, what's your major? And then there's a fifth question I'm forgetting right now. But we're, we're gauging um, the aptitude before we even get into the interviews. And we want people with experience. But, you know, when you're in your teens, your experience is working at Baskin Robbins or behind the counter of a restaurant, which is great work, teaches communication skills, um, teaches you the value of work, the value of a dollar, and can be a great career. Uh, but that's the experience people have coming into college. And a lot of people in college just sit there and that, and they go to college and they take summer school and their parents used to say, hey, you can't work because you're in sports. And they have these excuses that um, they've been taught by their parents. We're looking for people that got around that and have job experience and got a black belt and played varsity sports and were able to balance their time. So they've got pretty good time management. They've got pretty good communication skills but they don't have the real world experience on paper to show that they have all these skills. So they come in with, let's say, the foundational skills, and we teach them time management and organization, probably better than any organization I know of. Um, they are in there conducting sales calls for $20,000 projects, $10,000 projects, and the project doesn't even exist, so it's a conceptual sell. Uh, and they're getting real-world sales experience. And if you want to be an engineer and you can crunch the numbers and you can talk to the clients oh, yeah. and you can lead the workforce or you want to be a doctor and you've managed people before and you've, like, all my employees, I had nine of them, they all quit one day. You know, having these experiences on someone else's dime when you're young to learn from. I became one of the greatest bosses around because I was the worst and one of the greatest salespeople because I was the worst. So uh, we're giving people a chance to run a company from start to finish while they're in school, put it on their resume, and then, you know, to your, to your podcast, they have something to talk about in those interviews that you're helping them prepare for and training them. You, you, if you don't have any experience, you can have all the training you want. You can listen to all the podcasts. You can go to the candidate club and go through all the courses and get the one-on-one -on -one coaching. But if there's nothing there, there's nothing there. So we're giving them something there. What's interesting to me is, and you know, I, I went to college. I think it's great. I think that that world's changing too at the same time. But one of the things that always in, was interesting to me is the college professors that uh, had no real world experience and were telling us about the real world. And for what you're doing, uh, you've you've gotten your hands dirty, right? I mean, you've you've been through it. You've done a lot of work in the real world. And so they're now learning, and there's plenty of college professors, university professors that have been in the real world and, and come to and come and they teach now. But overall, I think that that in, those institutions are lacking people with a lot of real world experience, like you do, like you have. So you're while these kids are in college or around that age, they're not just learning, you know, the fundamentals of being an engineer or, or studying economics or marketing or whatever. They're getting hands-on experience, but they're also learning from someone who's who's has a lot of hands-on experience. And like you said, you know, successes and failures yourself. To me, that seems like it has way more upside than an instructor, you know, telling you the five rules of marketing. And they've been, you know, they've been teaching marketing since the day they graduated with a degree in marketing. Uh, yeah, it's in the new. It's the nuances. Yeah. So, uh, and I don't know what percentage of professors are still, especially in business, are still out there crushing it. I know some schools have a lot of professors that 
you know, have businesses or are executives or are scientists, or, you know, research university. There's probably a lot of real researchers uh, in instruction. Uh, but I don't believe that there's a parallel between what it takes to get into college and succeed in college and what it takes to succeed out of college. Yep. They forget the work part. Uh, the schools don't value work. The bureaucracy of the career center is pretty absurd <laughs> to deal with, honestly. Um, they don't like anything independent. Um, I don't get a lot of love from the career centers with our business because people get paid on profit. And even though someone makes $30,000 in a summer, they'd rather, you know, $10 an hour at Target yep. at most university career centers. So I, I think there's a disconnect. And I don't think they they put a lot of uh, stock into the success of their students after they graduate, which is kind of sad. I think they should be doing disc testing or something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm certified. Yeah, I'm certified in the disc tests. So I, am I. giving those out. I will. I the disc <laughs> tests are awesome. Yeah, and every business person, not every per business person, but eighty-five percent of business people know about disc. If you're in an interview and you've taken a disc test and you're talking about disc and you're saying. You know, back to your research in in your one of your previous episodes, um, and if you're talking about something that other people aren't talking about, and you in, in a couple of your episodes you talk about, you know, you got to put some work in, and I hear you saying, "Hey, this is a lot of work. I get it. Yeah, you need to make a job out of getting a job. Um, yep. It's not turn in a couple interviews, take the first job." And I think you know, in the universities, they should be giving people some sort of personality test and eliminating half the professions and. We could eliminate half the midlife crises if we did that. And then, you know, once you understand yourself, you can understand what jobs are out there that align. And there's a thousand of them, you know, of 20, but there's a thousand. Um, so the schools don't do that. And we try to do that. In a, you, I, I think you need the piece of paper. I think there's a lot of prejudice out there and you, you have to have the degree on the wall for many jobs. So why not spend four years studying and learning about yourself and learning about the world and learning about whatever profession you want to go into. Um, but probably you're learning about the wrong profession because the schools aren't helping match you up with what you should be doing. So your listeners can take a DIS test. Um, they can identify careers that match up with their DIS profile and then, um, you know, educate themselves since the universities don't do it. I still think you need the degree. I wish they did a better job of prepping people for careers afterwards. And it's not that hard. One semester. Understand yourself, understand the careers that are out there for you. It would be so easy to do. Oh, yeah. And, and to sum up what I was saying earlier, I just, the, the difference between, again, I'm not anti college or anti college professor, but so much there is theory. And what you're doing is actually how things work, right? You're working with a client, whether things go well it. or it doesn't go well, that's life. And that, when you learn how to deal with that, make an unhappy client happy or solve a problem or meet a deadline or don't meet it, and you know how that feels that's that's fantastic that you're you're getting people that age that head start so when they're you know 21 22 and they graduate and they get their first job they're not learning a lot of lessons the hard way you know and they're once their career starts um yeah they can jump up the ladder faster oh yeah i'm, I'm sure it makes a huge difference speaking of career path and career planning you know it's in my opinion it's never too late to make to start laying plans for your career. You can do it when you're 40. It's just a heck of a lot harder is, is, you know, is the reality because you've invested, you know, you, whether someone has a mortgage or you've invested in one, you know, one area of your career and you want to do things differently, it's just harder later in life. But for anyone listening, whether they are 18 or 21 or 41, what should 
people be doing differently in regards of career planning to get ahead in life? Because that's the idea. Yeah, and I and like I said before, I think you you make a job out of getting a job. And I and my son's twenty years old, and he goes to Tulane, uh, and he's getting an internship this summer. And I was hoping he wouldn't get the first one he tried for. I was hoping I wanted him to do a hundred interviews or send out a hundred resumes and do fifty interviews and go through the whole process. But he got the first job, and I and I I was very excited for him. It's exactly what he wanted. But I was hoping he had to go through it because that's more typical. And I wanted my son to experience the more typical job search, which is you send out a bunch of papers. I, I have a guy that I interviewed for my podcast. He would go to these towers, these high-rise towers, take the elevator to the top floor and cold call all the way down over and over and over for days and days and days before he got a job. And one, I, I mean, what a great work ethic. What a great story. You know, they ask you, tell me about a struggle you had. How about getting this interview here? Yeah. I cold called 400 businesses for this interview. That shows a lot. But I think making a job out of getting a job and thinking about that funnel, you want 10 job offers in two weeks. You don't want to be waiting and saying, hey, yep. how do I put this person on hold? And how do I say no to this That's person a question but really that comes say up, yes? That question comes up constantly. I, I have a job offer, but the company I really want to work for just offered me my first interview. And yeah, some yeah. of that can't be avoided, but if you, you know, if you pitch yourself a lot in a short amount of time, you apply a lot yeah. in a short amount of time, that's really, or even if you do it in bundles, right? So I'm going to apply for yeah. 20 jobs and then I'm going to wait two months and then I'm going to apply, however it's done, yeah. but it makes yeah. it, it, it eliminates that struggle because things will, companies are typically going to follow, typically going to follow up or say no to your first application within two weeks. And yeah. So it's, you know, you can do them in the batches, but go ahead. I'm, you, I yeah, interrupted so, you. So much better if you, instead of spending an hour a week or half hour a day, do a couple, four, six hour days of writing cover letters, of getting resumes ready. Don't send them yet. But as soon as someone says, send me your resume within 15 seconds, they have your yep. cover letter and resume and maybe your portfolio or a little package because you made a job out of getting a job. You respected the funnel. And, you know, in your research episode, and I totally believe in research, um, you know, you, you talk about the website is just the starting point. Um, vision, mission, values. Know what the vision, mission, values are. Uh, know, know when they've been in the news. You said, hey, know what the uh, executive, who the executives are and what they're talking about, what the history of the company is. And you said it's a lot of work before an interview. Well, if you're, if you're sending out 20 a week, there's 20 cover letters, 20 people you're calling and leaving messages for. 20 hours of researching companies. You got to spend at least an hour. You talked about making a folder. I call it the get a job folder. You have subfolders per company. I mean, you're taking a lot of notes. You're reviewing those notes before you go to the interview. And it's not hard to compete. You know, people used to ask me, how did you get that chairman position? I'd say, because I'm the only guy that got his stuff done. But mm -hmm. I used a different word other than stuff. And uh, um, it's true. 90% of it is just showing up, having done 30 more minutes of research than the next person. Yes, you have to have a work history. Yes, you have to package it well. If you're 40 years old and you don't have a great work history, you can go get one. If you're 20 years old and you don't have a great work history, you can go get one. Everybody didn't have a great work history at some point in time. So you have to have the actual package and then you have to package it, but you have to work at getting a job. And I see so many people that apply four places. And then they wait and they get one offer and they're waiting for another offer and they take that offer. Well, what if you had applied to 4D places and Make then you would have had 
Yeah. And they, you would they have will. had so many more. Yeah. But un- make them compete for you. Exactly. So I think, I mean, I think you hit the head, nail on the head with your research focus. And I think your interview prep that you guys do on your website, um, Candidate Club website, is fantastic. But making a job out of getting a job, looking at your package, you know, the cover letter and resume is a starting point. But what do you do? You have a portfolio. Like if you're in design, you have a portfolio. If you're in architecture, you have a portfolio. But what about sales? What about engineering? What about medicine? Have you been in the news? Do you have that? Do you have any awards? Do you have any mentors that have sent you nice uh, letters talking about how awesome you are? Mm. What do you have that other people don't have? And when you show up to an interview, everybody's got the resume and cover letter. Do you have a little leave behind that's not too much, not too little, that's perfect because you've packaged yourself well and they remember your package and they remember what you know about them? The, the job application process, it just sucks. There's no way to get around it. It's a ton of work. It's the type of thing that you get out of it, what you put into it. And every once in a while, obviously, people can get lucky, right? You apply to one one job and they give you your dream offer and everyone's happy. But it just, it takes work. And, you know, one of the quotes, I you actually use this on the podcast a couple episodes ago, but I think it applies to this part of the process, is there are no traffic jams on the extra mile. And the things that you do that really suck. <laughs> That's so true. The things that you do that are not fun and that suck to get through, like changing your cover letter for each application and maybe even changing your resume, those are the things that fewer and fewer people do. Every extra step you take, less people are also taking that extra step. And that'll get you, you know, that extraordinary work will get you the more extraordinary results. But I get it. It's just not fun. It's one of those, like, not everything in in life is going to be enjoyable and sitting down and applying to 20 jobs in an evening and actually putting effort into writing a cover letter that applies to this position and talking about how you specifically apply to the position that's going the extra mile. And it's, you know what, it's, it's good practice talking about that guy. You know, you talked about that guy who did the 400 cold calls or, you know, going down the elevator. The interesting thing about that type of thing is that he's that I'm sure he got results from that. But also that type of work builds you up outside of the whole job search thing, getting the nose, walking up to a front desk. I've been here early in my career. You walk up, you know, out of the blue and just say, hey, can I talk to your marketing guy? Because, you know, I'm fresh out of college. I need a job. They say, no, you know, we don't do that. Get out of here. You'll get some of those. You get the, you know, you feel awful. You walk out. But then whatever else happens later on when you have a job and you get rejected or someone says something that comes out of left field. You've built up this uh, tolerance for just working through crap, and it just makes you stronger in every every area of your career, in my opinion. Building up those muscles of uh, you know rejection and and uh, I'd say resilience to knows because at least in my experience, you do stuff like that, and the first door that you go knock on looks like you're in the elevator. You're not getting a job offer. Uh, you know that you got you got to put in a lot of work to make those things happen. Uh, along those lines, you know, what's your advice on picking a career or sorting through career options to pick one that our listeners would love or that someone does love? Well, and and to what you just said, the road to yes is paved with no. And Hmm. you you talked about in, in, in one of your episodes, you know, all this work that you're doing is exposing you to things that will be beneficial later. And so you were talking about you're you're in marketing and you're researching a marketing company. You're getting knowledge that you'll use when you're in marketing. 
even if you don't work for that company. Um, so the, 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 the resilience you get from being able to accept no will work in any career. It's great for any career. And then I, I saw a quote yesterday. The difference between ordinary and extraordinary is that little extra. Hmm. And, and I'm going to remember the one you just said, the, the last mile's not very crowded. You know, that little extra, why not? And I don't want to hire people that won't do the little extra. Most of the companies are giving you tests to see if you'll do the little extra that makes you extraordinary because we don't want average. We want extraordinary people in our businesses. And we have all sorts of systems to check if you're going to do the work and if you've done the work. And if you're, if you're applying for a good company, they've got good systems to make sure that you're doing the extra work in that extra mile to set yourself apart so you'll be extraordinary as an employee. And I'm sorry, I already forgot what your question was because I got so excited about uh, no uh, problem the extraordinary at all. quote. You know, if we go back to our uh, example, Matthias, who's, we'll just say he's 18 or 19 and he's working with you, but not quite sure on, you know, what career path he wants to take. Yeah. What's your advice on picking a career that you love? So I, I took about 100 employees a year and I would do one-on-one -on -one career coaching with them for an hour each as a little gift for doing great in our business. And what I found was the average person knew about 30 careers, fireman, doctor, nurse, lawyer, all the stuff on TV. Now it's all about flip and fl flip or flop. They all want to be house flippers if they want to be an entrepreneur. Hmm. Um, and there are other, other elements to real estate besides flipping houses. And they don't know what an acquisitions agent is. And they don't know the difference between commercial and residential, and especially the hours if you're in sales. And they don't know what the difference between a land developer and a real estate developer is. And that's just one category. So the system that I, I put people through, first of all, I always give them a disc test. And you and I love disc because we're disc facilitators. Disc. Yep. And we can, yeah, we can think about it in our sleep. And if you're a driver and an influencer, you go into that sales world. And if you have zero on that, it's going to be tough in sales. And if you want to be an engineer, you might, or an accountant, be a high C. But, but I have everybody take a disc test. And I analyze the disc test and help them understand what careers match up. And uh, on our uh, collegebrooks.com slash podcast, I have a white paper that people can download um, that helps them analyze their disc score. I always start with that. And then I have them research and, and trust their gut. So depending on how soon they need to do the job hunt, so if they're a freshman in college, an hour a month. If they're a junior in college, an hour or two a week, if they're out of college, they need to get on it and do some research and spend 40 hours researching and make a job out of getting a job. But I have them go to all the different job boards and read um, job descriptions for different positions. So they usually have an idea of what they want to do. And then what I'll do is, let's say they want to be, be in accounting. And if their disc test matches up, I'll talk to them about finance. I'll talk to them about the different roles in accounting. And then I send them off to look at big, small, medium, and large companies entry-level, mid-level, and executive-level positions. And if you read job descriptions for a small, medium, and large company, you're going to understand the difference in that job in different size businesses. And if you read entry, mid, and executive level, you're going to understand the path. And then I have them take notes like you say. I have them put it in the file like you say. And they keep the notes for later, but their gut tells them. And if you, and if you do it, in a row, you don't do it, you know, over a long period of time and you take notes, you'll start to see a few careers that really make sense in your gut. I do believe in the science behind it. And I'll tell you a quick story. My wife 
went through my program, my internship program. I knew her since fifth grade, so I wasn't fishing off the company pier. Uh, <laughs> and and she did great. And she was a wonderful manager. She was a district manager. She went off into professional sales, and she hated every minute of it. And she literally would cry. She'd sit on our boat pretending to log sales calls, which I know is unethical. She had the wrong career. And then I gave her a disc test, and she's a zero I, zero D. She should have never gone into sales. Uh, her brother worked for one of our companies, moved to San Francisco, signed a lease, bought furniture, um, and had a job for one of our companies in sales and wouldn't get out of his car because he has the same profile as his sister. Gave him a disc test again after the fact, and now he's a project manager. He's got the perfect profile for that, and he loves it, and he's kicking butt at it. And so I really believe in taking the scientific approach first and then putting the work in, like you're saying, uh, to, to get the perfect job and figure out which perfect jobs you should be applying to. I wanted to be a lawyer. I mean, I, I hate lawyers. I don't like the legal system. I, I don't even spell check. I don't care about spell check. <laughs> um, how could I have ever been a lawyer? I do whatever I want, say whatever I want to say. I could have never been a lawyer. I was totally going down the right path. So had I continued on my path, I would be coming out of a midlife crisis right now, restarting my whole life. I don't know what it's like to apply for a job. I haven't applied for a job since I was 20 years old. I've been offered many jobs, CEO jobs. I got a guy that calls me all the time offering me a CEO job. Um, and I have that experience because I found the right career in the beginning and I was able to excel at that career and have a good time. And I also believe in paying it forward. So I spent a lot of my time helping other people. And that comes around. I don't mean for yeah. it to come around, but people notice. I was really excited to get Matt on the podcast because I, I believe in what he's doing. I think it's a really, really good resource and helps in ways that the podcast won't for people who are probably in similar points in their life. So Matt, for our listeners that are tuning in, who, who is College Works for? And where, where do they, we'll, we'll link to this in this episode's description. Where do they go to learn more about how you can help them at, at, while they're exploring career options? Yeah, so College Works is only in the Midwest. So uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Missouri, Kansas, and I'm probably missing something. Um, and only exists in the, in the Midwest. So if you're in college, and you've got work experience and you want to have leadership experience and you think running a business uh, would be great for your future career, and I'll give you a hint, it's great for every career, then CollegeWorks might be right for you and you can go to collegeworks.com and apply. If you're not in the Midwest or you're not in college, uh, we have our Edge of Excellence podcast where we just profile people that have different careers. So it's a good compliment to your podcast and people come on that are really successful and they talk about what do they do? What is their job? What does it mean to have this title? What do you do every day? And then they talk about their path. Um, so those are two ways people can you know, gain benefit from, from us. And you know, my, like I said, for, for a living, I help people find their careers. Uh, my, uh, my community impact was helping entrepreneurs globally. And on the side, I help my friends' kids and my kids' friends um, find their careers and uh, find jobs. It's kind of what I do. It's my passion. I think that there's a lot of resources you have on your website that I'm going to be recommending to uh, to different people. I think that that candidate club program that you guys have with the interview training and um, the cover letter and resume examples and 
uh, the prep and, and your focus on prep is great. And people need to figure out what careers are wrong for them. That's the yep. key. My wife found the wrong career and then she found the right career. She, we had some rental properties she managed. She now has a baking business. She supports other people. That's what she's destined to do. And she's creative. So she does her, her uh, baking and keeps me fat uh, and, and supports other people in their, their uh, parties and adventures. She found the right thing and it came late. So if you do the pre-work like you talk about, do the research like you talk about, front load your effort, I think you'll have a much better uh, career and far, far less strife. One of the things College Works does that I like is it helps give people some of their time back or saves them from wasting time. And I don't think that high school career counselors do that great of a job. And I don't think college career counselors do that great of a job. So if you can imagine someone, you know, if you're tuning in, you have a, a kid that's uh, younger or you're that younger person, or maybe you have a sibling or a friend. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people listening wish that they wouldn't have wasted time going one way or another in a career that wasn't for them, right? The type of job where you're miserable going to work and you're miserable doing the work. One of the things that collegeworks.com does help, it helps avoid that wasted time yeah. and wasted opportunities. Because when you start doing what you're good at, which is what the disc test helps you find, you put way less energy into something that you're way better at and you do way better uh, once you find that right fit. So we're going to link to Matt's podcast and collegeworks.com in this episode's description, but I encourage you to go check it out. Matt, as we come to a close for our listeners that are probably kind of excited and pumped up to get back into their job search, hopefully after our conversation, can you leave us with a piece of wisdom or motivation as our listeners get ready to finish their week up? Yeah, uh, uh, stress can be a good thing. It shows that you have momentum. So if you're under some stress right now, it means that you're moving most likely. And one of my friends said, when you're at the absolute bottom, when you've just about given up on your confidence, that's when good things happen. So uh, take deep breaths. Good things are about to happen. And what do you know? This is the best time in history to be looking for a job. Thanks, Matt. Thank you for joining us, for sharing. We'd love to have you back on again soon. But uh, in the meantime, we'll link to you and we'll stay in touch. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Matt. Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes, don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later, once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. You just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet, and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over, you won't get charged anymore. 
than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today.